Welcome, Eagles, everywhere. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro here. It's the Eagles Live podcast as we get ready for the Eagles and the New Orleans Saints, the NFC Divisional Playoff Game, Sunday, 4.40 p.m. Eastern Time at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. We don't need to tell you what happened the last time the Eagles were there, November 18th and the Saints win decisively, but so much has changed, and we'll explore that in this Eagles Live podcast. Really a great podcast for you. We'll hear from Malcolm Jenkins. We'll hear from the coordinators, Jim Schwartz and Mike Grow. A little Nick Foles mixed in as well. Brian Westbrook with his press pass. And then later in the show, both Merrill Reese and Sal Palantonio join forces with me. A little roundtable conversation on the Eagles and the New Orleans Saints this week. A lot to talk about here. How do the Eagles go into New Orleans and defeat the number one seed in the NFC? Well, the Eagles are coming off a 16-15 win in Chicago. They've got a lot of momentum, having won six of their last seven games. The confidence level, well, Needless to say, the Eagles know they are the defending Super Bowl champions, so they are certainly aiming to reverse the tables on the Saints on Sunday. We begin this Eagles Live podcast as we normally do, our exclusive one-on-one with head coach Doug Peterson. The obvious questions, what has changed for both the Saints and the Eagles since November 18th? Not much. They're the number one seed in the NFC. It's a position we were in a year ago. We understand we got to travel again. We're on the road. It's a tough place. Tough place to play. Crowd noise inside that dome. They play extremely fast, extremely well uh, down there, and they're playing their best football. And, and that's what you got to have this time of year. And, and obviously, they're doing it. So, what's different about the Philadelphia Eagles from the first time you played them? Obviously, we're winning games. We put ourselves in a position to be here, and I think we're healthy. Some of our young guys on defense have really had a lot of minutes in the last you know month, month and a half of the season, and so they're playing a lot better offensively you know right now we're clicking kind of on all cylinders it's being efficient we're running the ball when we can uh, opportunistic there and then making plays in the passing game and everybody's involved and that's what it takes and you know we're playing our best ball too at this time Doug how critical will it be to get off to a good start and kind of not take the crowd out of it but at least put the Saints back on their heels a bit well you have to get off to a fast start I think that's one of the things that has changed a little bit in our season now is, is we've been able to score points on our opening drives here down the stretch and so that's key you have to get off to a fast start and the other thing is you have to score touchdowns against New Orleans. You can't kick a ton of field goals or you'll get beat. So great test for our team. It's a good opponent. We're excited to be going down there again. Every game literally is going down to the wire. What is that doing for this football team? Well, it brings us together. It shows us that we're capable of finishing games. You know, it's all about faith. It's all about focus and finish and we're able to finish. You know, it's just showing that uh, we know we're going to have to play for 60 minutes. You know, you're in the postseason. Every game is going to be close and that's what we're learning. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. That is head coach Doug Peterson. Now we turn to the players here. Malcolm Jenkins, a former first-round draft pick of the New Orleans Saints, won a Super Bowl with the Saints. Of course, he's perhaps been the best free agent signing in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, a leader on and off the field, and a key member of the Eagles' defense. He knows just how daunting this task is for the Eagles on Sunday, but certainly Jenkins and the Eagles looking forward to shocking the world. Malcolm, take the fans inside a locker room during the week of preparation for a playoff game. What is the mood like? What's the camaraderie like? You know what? For us, it's weird. Last year, it felt very new. And you had guys who, you know, never been in a position, never been in the first seed. There was, you know, coach had a, a bunch of guys come up and share their playoff experiences. And, you know, it was, it was a big deal. It was like you felt like you arrived in the playoffs. Where this year, it just feels like an extension of the season is no different than, you know, when we were getting ready to play the Rams or the Texans or the Redskins. It's just we felt like we've been in the playoffs now for a few weeks. And so our routine is very much the same. We don't have, you know, 
anyone making extra speeches. We don't have, you know, an extra sense of urgency. The urgency's been there. And so that's a calming and confident feeling, especially for young guys to come into the situation where you think the pressure is supposed to be really high, but nobody seems to be showing it. I think that helps. So, yeah, it's been uh, eerily calm. How do you feel about the matchup, the defense, against what the Saints do on offense? feel good about it, to be honest. We obviously understand what they are and, and their personnel, their offense coordinator, the quarterback, head coach, all of that. You know, they're going to make plays, you know, explosive offense. But we've also been able to see other people have success, really just doing what they do best. And so for us, we don't need to do anything out of character. We don't need to go, you know, uh, try to stop the world. We just got to compete, keep points off the board, take the ball away, you know, stop the run and, and keep those big plays to a minimum. Does winning all these tough games, winning at the end, help the Philadelphia Eagles going into this game? They don't give us any, any when we still got to go perform. But I think for us at this point, we always believe, you know, in each other and our ability to pull through because we've been there before. The defense certainly recognizes the challenge it has on Sunday against the Saints team that's averaged 34 points per game at the Superdome. But when you look at the numbers, a funny thing kind of crops up. Drew Brees against the Eagles, 22 of 34 touchdown passes, 363 yards. The next week in Atlanta, another four-touchdown game for Brees. But how about the last four starts for Drew Brees in the regular season? At Dallas, one touchdown, one interception, a loss. At Tampa Bay, one touchdown, one interception, a 28-14 victory. At Carolina, zero touchdowns, one interception, and a 12-9 win. And then home against the Steelers, just one touchdown pass in a 31-28 victory over Pittsburgh. So clearly the production has gone down from Drew Brees. What does that mean for the Eagles' defense? Well, not quite sure. Jim Schwartz will come up with a good plan for the Eagles. Will he blitz? Eh, maybe. He's not really known to blitz a whole lot. He relies on the front four to get to the quarterback. That could be enough, given the way the defensive line is played. But certainly, Schwartz knows the Eagles must do all the little things extremely well on Sunday to beat the Saints. You know, I think you got to mix it up. You have to tackle well. You can't defend every single pass. If you do, you're going to give up, you know, too many plays down the field. And I think there's some that you just have to tackle. There's others that you have to pick and choose your times to be aggressive. I don't know that this is a game that you can just stick with one thing and stay with it over the course of the game. He's seen just about everything known to mankind. He has good playmakers at all the different positions. You know, there's picking and choosing times. There's some times where you've got to play zone. Sometimes you got to play man bottom line is you got to defend you got to tackle you got to keep the mistakes down what happened in that game is really going to have no bearing on how we play in this one and how they play in this one it's going to be determined by the players that are on the field now how well we execute how well we tackle how well we adjust to what they're doing on the offensive side, a lot has changed, of course, since November 18th. The Eagles healthy up front along the offensive line, doing a terrific job in protection, much better in the run game. The Eagles staying committed to the run. Even last week in Chicago, 23 called runs, even though the Eagles gained just 42 yards. At least they presented a threat to the Bears' defense. And then, of course, at the quarterback position, Nick Foles playing very well. He didn't play in that November 18th game. And that game, Carson Wentz's worst, perhaps, as an NFL player. Three interceptions thrown. The Eagles just not able to get anything going offensively outside of a Josh Adams touchdown run. Offensive coordinator Mike Groh talking about the offense and just how far it's come since November 18th. 
Yeah, I think we've made a lot of improvements since that last game. We're six and one since that game and feeling good about you know where we are offensively. Every week there's things that you want to improve in and get better at based on what people try to do to you. So we know we have a tremendous challenge. They're an excellent defense. They've had a really good year and done a lot of things really well. So we're excited for it. We've created a great opportunity for ourselves to be here in the divisional round and looking forward to getting back there. Foles has a healthy respect for the Saints' defense, and he understands that playing at the Superdome will be a very significant challenge. Still, Foles pretty confident that the Eagles will be up to the task on Sunday. You know, I think that that game has, you know, helped us become the team we are today. Going through that, that's not easy as a team to lose like that, but it's like I said, there's never pointing the fingers. It actually brought us closer. It can separate a team or it can bring a team closer and it brought us closer. And you know, at this point in the year, you don't really need any more fuel. We're out here ready to roll, we're working hard, but you know, we're definitely excited to compete against the Saints. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're a well-rounded team. They play well all three phases of football. They do a great job. They're well coached, they have great players. So it's gonna be a great challenge for us. Once again, Foles asked about last year, a comparison to the Super Bowl run, and once again, Foles extremely consistent, saying that this year stands on its own. No, it's a different year. It's been a different situation, a different scenario. My mind doesn't have enough energy to go there and think about all those. My mind has enough energy to just focus on the task at hand and stay here and just get ready for this game. If you all analyze the season, it's been a different kind of season, different team, but it's a special group. That's the thing that they both have in common. It's really good people that care for one another. It's a special group. You know, I'm looking forward to at least one more week with them. I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's mark at the 30, at the 40, at the 50. Malcolm Jenkins is going 99 yards for a touchdown. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spinell. Time now for our press pass with former Eagles running back and Eagles Hall of Famer Brian Westbrook. Westbrook sizes up the mighty Saints, the number one seed in the NFC, and provides some keys to victory on Sunday for Philadelphia. Well, Brian, the Eagles are still in the hunt here in the NFC playoffs. But let's first talk about the Bears game and what you took from that game that will mean anything on Sunday in New Orleans. I take a lot of different things. I think our offensive line played their best game of the season. And you're going to certainly need that anytime you go play in the playoffs in someone else's place. I think that even though Nick threw two interceptions early, he came back and battled. And the guys on the football team believed in him. They continued to battle the entire game. And I'm looking at some of the big plays that we got from guys that I just didn't expect from. Golden Tate, big play at the end of the game. Dallas Goddard, big play. And then, you know, on the defensive side, Trey Sullivan, big time play on the sideline and really in the end zone as well. And of course, a play in the special teams game by Hester, getting a finger on that tip as far as the field goal goes. Those are big time plays from unexpected sources. Those are the types of things that you need to do in the playoffs. And we did that last week. How important is confidence in this game of football? How will confidence help the Eagles in New Orleans? Well, confidence is everything. Momentum in this game is everything. And when you go out there and beat one of the best, if not the best defense in the league in the Chicago Bears in their house, that gives you a certain level of confidence. That tells you that you can beat any defense in the league. Then you play defense against a very good football team offensively against the Bears. Again, more confidence. And we dropped two interceptions. And so there's some opportunities out here. And we know that we're going into someone else's house and taking on one of the better teams in the NFL. However, we're a confident bunch. We're a bunch of guys that have the ball rolling in the right direction. And when you have that momentum in the NFL, that means 
a lot. All of that said, this is a 13-3 and team. The Eagles are playing. They are at home. They are rested. So how in the world, Brian, do the Eagles defeat the New Orleans Saints? Well, I think you take advantage of their defensive side of the ball. They're good against the run, and that's because a lot of teams aren't willing to run because they know they have to score a lot of points. The other part of that is them being good against the run is that their secondary, you can take advantage of I mean, You can find holes in that secondary and be able to throw the ball down the field. And so I just want Doug to continue to be balanced offensively. And then when you look on the defensive side of the ball, attack Drew Brees, make it hard on him, do all the different things that you didn't do in that first game. Make him work just a bit and get off that spot. If you do that, you have a good chance in this game. Do you think Jim will blitz? He doesn't blitz very much. Do you think he'd try to blitz Drew? I think in certain situations you have to blitz. And you can't continue to give him the same look and allow him to stay in the pocket and pick you apart because he's just too good. He's one of the better quarterbacks, most accurate quarterbacks the league has ever seen. If you allow him to stay on that same spot all game long, he will pick you apart. Doug Peterson in his third year as the head coach, how would you kind of evaluate the season he's had? It would have been pretty easy for Doug in this team to give up after getting beat down by the Saints last time they played down there and then getting beat by Dallas. It would have been pretty easy, but it shows you the resiliency of this football team. It also shows you how they respond to their coaching. There's no way that I thought Doug was going to give up as a coach, but to get the guys motivated week in and week out and to be able to go on the road against a very good football team and win a game, that was impressive. I'm just thinking that Doug is one of the better coaches in the NFL. We saw that last year, but that continues this season. I think this year's maybe more impressive than last year. Last year, the Eagles were head and shoulders above everyone else Mm -hmm. in the regular season, even with all the injuries late, for sure, with Carson. This team has been banged up from day one. And here they are. You're getting reserve guys. I mean, reserve guys making big-time plays. We have some guys out there like LeBlanc. Where did he come from? Maddox didn't expect much from him. Sullivan didn't expect much from him. These guys are making big-time plays, big-time contributions on the defensive side of the ball. And you see the same type of thing on the offensive side of the ball as well. And Doug continues to push guys through injury and through a lot of different setbacks. And guys have responded well. And now it's time to go slay the Giant, Brian. won't be easy. It will not be easy. It will be a tough game. You're going to have to score. You have to start fast and finish strong. But those are the things that the Eagles teams have done in the past. These are all different types of things. We've scored 30 points before. We can go out there and do it again. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. And now a very special roundtable conversation. The Merrill Minute has been expanded over these last few weeks because we just can't get enough of the voice of the Eagles. And this week, we're joined by Sal Palantonio covering the Eagles for ESPN. So it's a three-way conversation. Dave Spadaro, myself, Merrill Reese, and Sal Palantonio talking Eagles Saints. Intercepted by Allen. Eric Allen down the far sideline. Stepped over a man. He's going to go. it to Smith and they stop him again. Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. All right, now time to bring in a star-studded cast to the Eagles Live <laughs> podcast here. From well, I'm not sure even which way. To, I got to go Hall of Famer first. You, you cool with that? First, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles are Merrill Minute, the great Merrill Reese. Hi, Merrill. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you, Hall with of Famer, Sal. and from ESPN, our internationally renowned Sal Palantonio, star of stage screen, books, everything, and now this. It's very exciting to have both of you together here. It's very exciting to still be playing football. And we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles against the New Orleans Saints, where uh, in New Orleans, two months ago, the Eagles got pasted, like pasted. And the Saints, I thought, actually held back. I disagreed with Malcolm Jenkins. I thought the Saints could have had 650 yards of offense if they really wanted to. What's different? What makes you think the Eagles have a chance in this game, guys? They're a different team because that was a team that was kind of bailing water, trying to fix problems week in and week out. This is a hot team. This is the hot team. This is a team that back-to-back beat the Rams, the Texans, finished resoundingly against the Redskins, and beat the Bears in Chicago. This is the hot team with a hot quarterback, and that's 
playoff ready. I agree with you. I think this team's psychology is stronger. When they were in New Orleans, they were plugging holes. And when they plugged one hole, another one would open up. Mm -hmm. It was a very tenuous football team psychologically. I think now they're just stronger and more confident. And I think there's two specific areas where they're different and they're better. Timmy Jernigan is healthy. I think having Jernigan right next to Fletcher Cox with Brandon Graham and Michael Bennett on the two end positions, I think this is the best defensive line right now of the remaining playoff teams. They outplayed the Bears' defensive line. They had more quarterback pressures, more sacks, more passes defense, more tackles for a loss than the Bears did. So that's number one. I think they'll be better defensively, and that's important because they have to stop the run and try to minimize Drew Brees' ability to get the ball out of his hands. And then the quarterback position. Nothing against Carson Wentz. Snap to release. Nick Foles is averaging 2.5 seconds. Snap to release. That's a half a second better than Carson Wentz. And people will say, Sal, Merrill, that's not much. A half a second is a lifetime to a quarterback. A lifetime. And that's made the offensive line better. You know, I still get annoyed when I hear people blame Donovan McNabb for the Eagles' problems in Super Bowl 39. I have watched coaching tape, end zone offense, end zone defense. And what I see in that game is that the Patriots' defense shredded the Eagles' offensive line. Donovan McNabb was under pressure from the first minute of that game. Meanwhile, Tom Brady could have read War and Peace, turned to the last page, and then looked downfield and found an open (laughs) Deion Branch. That's the difference in that game. Right now, we all talk about Nick Foles, and Sal, you're absolutely right. He's been splendid, but the Eagles' defensive line is outstanding, and their offensive line has been terrific. That's actually a great piece for Sunday NFL Countdown. Brady does Tolstoy. (laughs) (laughs) He had enough time to. Sal, you mentioned psychology, the psychology of things. And a lot of fans want it 48-7, the revenge factor, beating a team for the second time in the same season. Does that have any impact at all on Sunday, the psychological part of it? It should. I mean, I don't like to be sarcastic, but things were so bad on November the 18th that we came out of a commercial break, and I said on the air... During the timeout, the Saints went over to the sideline to find out if this counts as their bye week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how bad it was. They did anything Anything that they they could have said, we're going to sweep right, and they could have still picked up 14 yards. That's how little resistance the Eagles offered on that Sunday. But I was really offended. I was offended at the end of the game when, with two minutes to go, Breeze was still out there, and they're still going for it on fourth down. I mean, I thought it was the worst sportsmanship by a coach I have seen, that Sean Payton didn't take his foot off the gas pedal when they had almost 50 points. It was 100-3, to and he still has the gas pedal down. The psychology of it is really interesting, David, because I've covered a lot of Eagles teams. You have. Merrill, of course, has covered the most. I think this is one of the best coaching jobs that I've ever seen by any Eagles head coach. There have been so many ups and downs, and the ups have been way up, and the downs have been way down. New Orleans is as down as you can get. And Doug Peterson, because he listens to his players, because he allows them to ask questions, he downloads their information and makes it part of his coaching during the week that I think the players really respect that. And that's why this team is continually resilient and why they're strong psychologically. 
You know, Marty Schottenheimer once said, football's a game of the heart, you know? Baseball's a game of numbers. Baseball, the math rules. Of course, there's math in football, but there's also heart in football. You can't coach football without taking into the composition of the player's heart and determination. You gotta wanna. And Doug seems to know how to tap into that no matter how high the team gets or how low it gets. Here's the difference in Doug's approach as compared with 99% of the other coaches. After that Saints game, most coaches go in and they peel the wallpaper off the walls. They are screaming. They are yelling. They say, you come back next week and we're going to get it right. And they increase the practice time as much as they can by the regulations, the union regulations today. Doug didn't do that. Doug turned to the team and said, it's over with. I still believe in you. And instead of adding practice time, he lightened it up. He decided that if he could get a rested team, getting a rested team, getting a confident team, improving their morale was the best thing he could do. He didn't beat them down. And that made a big difference. I kind of get the sense that people around the country, Sal, and you can speak to this better. You've been around the league. Kind of thought that last year was a fluke for the Eagles and for Doug Peterson. And that this year may, in fact, have been his best coaching job. Is that possible? As ridiculous as it sounds, after a team wins a Super Bowl, that you can come back and actually do a better job coaching and be 9-7 and seven in the regular season? Not for this guy. It's been an unprecedented situation what Doug Peterson and the Eagles organization has gone through with the quarterback position and still managed to win and get into the playoffs back-to-back. I don't know of any coach or organization who has done that when you have the shuttling of the quarterbacks in and out. And to keep it together, like there's no backbiting, there's no infighting. And that to me is another reason why you have to say, listen, I don't have a vote in Coach of the Year, but I thought, and I said it many, many times, I like Sean McVay. Doug Peterson should have been the Coach of the Year last year. I mean, come on. He should have been Coach of the Year. He went out there and beat him twice in L.A., once with Carson Wentz and relieved by Foles and then with Foles. And then Sean McVay went to Chicago and lost to Chicago, and Doug Peterson went to Chicago and beat Chicago. So, I mean, Doug Peterson should have been Coach of the Year last year, and I hope he gets votes this year. And I think he can and has done a better job. And one other thing was really funny to me, after they won in Chicago, he said at the podium, I'm finally going to get to look at that New Orleans game. He never looked at that tape. Yeah, they never looked at the tape. And so I asked him afterwards, after he'd done an interview with Mike Quick, I said to him, I went up to him without the camera, I said, is that true? You really didn't? He goes, no, I didn't look. I said, you know, I'm past it. I threw it away. I don't want to look at it. Now I'm going to finally get to look at it. That's amazing. But I agree with Sal. I think this is one of the best coaching jobs I have ever seen in my 42 seasons. Take a team that was so down, and people were starting to compare them nationally, saying, you know what? The Eagles are going to have the worst record of a Super Bowl champion. I mean, you talk about teams not making it back to the playoffs from time to time. Usually it's the Super Bowl loser that doesn't even make the playoffs. But this team, they're not going to get back to the playoffs. And now they're talking about them as the hot team. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the mistake everybody makes. You get the Eagles picture in all the covers and all the football predictions before the season. Everybody had the Eagles first in the NFC East, and most everybody had the Eagles as the conference best team in the NFC. But they weren't the Super Bowl 52 champions. They were the Super Bowl 52 champions without LeGarrette Blunt, with Jay Ajayi, who got hurt early, with Tim Jernigan, who they didn't know he wasn't going to come back healthy. He got hurt after they let Bo Allen leave. They didn't have Patrick Robinson, who was one of their best corners, who turned the Vikings game around in the NFC Championship. They didn't have Vinnie Carey, who gave them pass rushing. They didn't have Frank Reich. They didn't have John D. Filippo. This was a different group of men. 
And so it took time for them to gel. And then last year, they lost their best linebacker. They lost their best offensive lineman. They lost their best special teamer. They lost their kicker. And then ultimately, they lost their MVP quarterback. This year, they lost the whole secondary. (laughs) The only one in the secondary standing was Malcolm Jenkins. They had nobody. He's played every defensive snap. Every defensive snap. (laughs) And yesterday, to hear Jim Schwartz say that one of the big factors was when they brought in Cravon LeBlanc. Long, I, I thought he was a French chef when I first heard his <laughs> name. And you know what? Jim Schwartz said he didn't know who he was either. So it's a matter of the personnel department bringing in these guys. Now that cooking at LeBec <laughs> right. Cravon LeBlanc. Yeah, Our nickel yeah. cornerback. That's what I thought he was. All right, so boys, we are here now in the NFC divisional round. The Saints are rested. They're loaded. They're at home. The Eagles were in this exact position one year ago, and it went down to the wire against the Atlanta Falcons. Let's Let's get to the game. Let's give me some reasons to think that this can happen. I know you kind of spoke broadly about it, but if you are Doug offensively, what are you doing? If you are Jim defensively, what are you doing? Boy, I'm not Doug, and I'm not Jim, and I'm not capable of coming up with the schemes that really work with looking at the films and looking who's moving in the wrong slot here. I mean, but from my vantage point, they've got to start fast. They cannot allow the Saints to start getting them into the thought, "Uh uh-oh, here we go again. They've got to put some points on the board. They've got to at least change field position early. They cannot let the Saints' great offensive machine bear in on them and wear them down. I don't think you can establish a running game against the Saints. I think you've got to go through the air quickly and attack their secondary, and certainly you have to stay with Michael Thomas and their other receivers and do a decent job against the running back. There are a lot of things they have to do, but if they play their A game, as Tiger Woods used to say, if they play their A game and the Saints play their B minus game, the Eagles can win. I think what Doug Peterson said at his press conference is pretty clear. They have to stay on the field on third down, and they have to get Drew Brees off the field on third down. That, to me, is the game right there. The game will be determined on third down because I think the Eagles' run defense is good enough to put the Saints in third down situations where they're going to have to throw the football. So if they get off the field on third down, and if I were Doug Peterson and I won the coin flip, I would take the ball. But he won't. He won't. Because I think the Eagles can do damage against the Saints. Get an early lead. And then get an early lead. I think he has to do something different, and that's the one thing he has to do. You just talked about it, Merrill. Get a lead early. Take the ball, because that Saints defense is not as good as you think, and the Eagles defense is very good. Yeah, but Doug goes by statistics, and he believes, and he's been steadfast in this, he believes that by deferring, they actually end up with an extra possession. Right, that's why every team defers. That's why they defer now. But But the point is, try something different. Go out of the box. Against the the Redskins, the Redskins actually won the toss and took the football. And then on the first pass of the game, he throws it down to the Eagles. Interception on the first pass. Russell Douglas had the interception. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Redskins are not the same. No, it's not the Redskins. It's not the Redskins. I just just wonder if can he be a go-for-broke mentality here? No, it can't be totally go-for-broke. I mean, it's got to be Nick can't get away from the short, quick passes. He's got to do what's been working, but he's got to pick his spots and go downfield. The one thing, Sal, you said about they've got to make third downs and they've got to stop Drew Brees on third downs, but it all starts with first down. You can't give the Saints third down and two 
or third down and three. You've got to have him in third and eight or third and 12. I mean, you can't keep giving him third and manageables because he manages. To beat the Saints would be one of the great underdog victories for the Philadelphia Eagles in franchise history. The Rams game a few weeks ago, yes. Big underdog victories, Merrill. I can't, off the top of my head, there's not a lot of them that I recall. I think there was a year when the Jets, who had been killed earlier in the season, came back and beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Yeah, but in terms of Eagles, Eagles franchise but in history. In terms of the Eagles, to come back and overturn a result in which they lost by 41 points earlier in the season would be out of this world. If Peterson pulls this off, they should rename the link the Doug. <laughs> the Doug. <laughs> Can we get corporate sponsorship on that? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, it's been my pleasure. It's been truly an honor. Merrill Reese, Sal Palantonio, thank you thank so much. Thank you, David. It's great being with you guys. That will do it for this Eagles Live podcast. Thanks to Brian Thomas for putting it all together. Thanks to you for joining us each and every week. Well, it's the big one. Sunday, 4.40 p.m. Eastern Time at the Superdome in New Orleans. The Eagles must win or go home. That is the nature of the playoffs here in the NFC. A win takes the Eagles to the conference championship for the second consecutive season. But to do so, the Eagles must play a very, very strong game, their best of the year, to beat a Saints team that absolutely handled the Eagles eight weeks ago. We thank you, Eagles everywhere, for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast. I'm back late on Sunday night from the Superdome with our Eagles Live podcast instant reaction after the Eagles-Saints game. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly eagles fly E-A-T-L-E-S, eagles!